The The Under Channel The Under Channel The Under Channel Welcome to episode 008 of The Under Channel, the original bullshit podcast. This is Robert Under, and as always, I've got Aaron. Hey, how's everybody doing? And two newcomers to the show. Uh, as we mentioned last week, we'll have some uh, rotating guests for the next few weeks. Uh, first and foremost, I've got Tim. Howdy. Scrimps. Uh, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Uh, next to him, straight to his right, is uh, Shiz Man Scar. I'm Joe. Yeah, yeah Joe. <laughs> no one calls you Joe. When's the last time somebody <laughs> called you Joe? All right, so uh, this week, guys, we have a couple local topics. We're going to talk about uh, Jack White uh, finally, well, I guess finally, selling his house in Detroit, um, no longer having a residence here. He's lived out of the state for a while. Uh, we'll discuss that. Um, the state has accused uh, the Flint uh, government of not using all the funds that they've appropriated towards uh, replacing their lead pipes. And then there was a uh, music festival that's kind of been uh, making the social media rounds, uh, Motor and uh, Muscle Festival, uh, later on in August that we're going to discuss a little bit. And then we've got our August movie preview. So uh, before that, um, I don't think... Fuck, Tim. When's the last time you and I were on a show together? Like, When's the last time we did a pod together? I think we did the movie pod... Trilogies? On uh, the Netflix Will Smith... Oh yeah. Okay. We watched the, Blight yeah. when it came out. Night, it's a gr- bright. Yeah, yeah bright. bright. Yeah. Great movie. Nobody everybody's like that movie sucked. They have no idea what we, they're talking about. We had about. a blast with yeah, it. Movie was that awesome. ended up, movie ended up being phenomenal. It was a great movie. I was like they, people were bitching like, "Oh, they've already ordered a sequel before anyone's even talked about what it is." I can see why. Yeah, that movie's exactly. fucking awesome. It's a great movie. You've seen it? I was Fuck. I've never heard of this movie. You never heard of it? Who's in it? What, what It's did Will it come Smith. Out? Uh came out 2 years ago maybe? A year what? ago? Yeah, last year. Yeah. It's a Netflix original. Big budget. Big budget. And think think Lord of the Rings was a real thing. Like that whole universe existed, but it was in our past. And we went through all the shit we went through as a, as a society and as an earth up into this modern days. Mm-hmm. Like we live with orcs and we live with elves and shit. So it's a sequel to Lord of the Rings. No. That's no, awesome. <laughs> I'm so... <laughs> yeah, Will Smith is a cop and he is, uh, he obviously is a black guy in this. But he, uh, his partner is an orc, and he is like constantly what? talking down to this orc because orcs are dumb and orcs are like lower class than human. Yeah. So although in, you know modern society would be a black cop being talked to into by a white guy, they they flip it on its head and be like, "You're a fucking. Not only are you not a human, you're a subspecies of a subspecies. It's yep. it's pretty brutal, man. This is amazing. I can't wait. It's a to great watch, movie. Uh, at least a trailer. As soon as we end this. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Jack White. So Jack White has uh, put up his Indian <laughs> put up his Indian village home uh, for sale for one point two million dollars. Uh, Jack White. Uh, everyone knows from the White Stripes, from his solo career, the Dead Weather, uh, the Rackham Tours, probably the biggest rock star we've had locally since the 70s, maybe even Iggy Pop era. I mean, but it's a fair assessment. He has lived in Nashville uh, as his permanent home since 2005. So 13 years he's lived there. Uh, he's finally selling his Detroit house. He does have a house in uh, Kalamazoo. If Jack White's career keeps on going, which we all have to assume it will, like barring any accident, mm-hmm. um, he'll most likely p- p- uh, be an artist for another 20 to 30 years. He's only 43. 
it's not wouldn't be surprising if he's making acoustic uh standard traditional type albums for another 20 30 years how long will he be a detroiter it's an interesting question short answer yeah forever because anyone that comes out of a certain area that's what they're known for like bob seger He's a Detroiter. Absolutely. He's from Detroit. But was he ever tied to another city the way Jack White? I mean, Jack White is single-handedly, like, credited for, like, reviving Nashville's. Like, they have a, a really flourishing city right now, and he's the main reason for it. And he went down there when it was cheap as fuck, mm-hmm. bought, you know, built the third-man record store with a, with a venue attached or, you know, does shows down there, whatever it is, does his producing down there. You know, what needed what needs to happen in Detroit right now, he did in Nashville. 13 years ago. Yeah. Well, he's he's he built another third man records here in Detroit too he did. down off Absolutely. Woodward, so that's going. Mm-hmm. He's, he's finally coming plant. back. Yeah. His pressing plant yep. that he opened, but I'm and not saying he doesn't have the ties. Yeah. But as a musician, like if he I I I look at it this way. So Jack White in the White Stripes is Detroit. He's the perfect uh taking what Detroit did Flipping on its head, figuring out a way to like blow up and basically show the world. Everyone thought guitar rock was dead. And then the White Stripes came out and, and they blew it up for a few years. Yeah. Around 2003, 2004 is when I'm going to say we began to lose him, which is right around the time he left, right when he did Cold Mountain. So he did the Cold Mountain soundtrack. He moved to Nashville and he produced Loretta Lynn's album, Slow Gin Fizz, all around that same period. And I'm going to say that is when Detroit lost Jack White as our own. Yeah, he, he, he became also was in that, that uh, album Southern Van, accent. Van, yeah, Van Lear yeah, Rose. We yeah, lost, yeah, yeah. He went from being a young, yeah, Van Lear Rose. So you're saying he Madonna us? He went to yeah. England and At, got an English England accent. He went from one night. All I could ever picture him in was like nicely pressed, like crushed velvet, red, white, and black, um, some t-shirts, whatever it was, till. He's in Cold Mountain, and apparently he had a whole other wardrobe none of us ever knew about because he's wearing cowboy shirts and he's wearing like denim jackets. You know, like it was like I don't know. It was like Jack White became like your cool uncle who like you know travels the country in a van and shows up. He did kind of squeeze himself out of like Midwest Detroit uh, well, he, grunge. He got paid. I mean, <laughs> what are you what are you gonna <laughs> do true. when you finally get your I money? Agree. I know, I know that when he got that house, the one he's selling now. He put about $200,000 of recording equipment mm. in it. And he also just did all this fun stuff, paint, and just Jack Whitish um, decorations to that place. But then he probably was like, I'm sick of Detroit. Like, I probably, you know, maybe, this he was, work? maybe he was sick of the winners here. I mean, who knows what it could have been. But I think he'll always be tied to Detroit, no matter what. Even if he doesn't want to, he'll mm. be tied to Detroit. Yeah, I don't think he. But he even put his, hand, he even put his foot down. With Third Man Records here, and that place has the first pressing plant. I like, know, I did see that. He's yeah. definitely trying to keep his Detroit roots. Yeah, he didn't turn he his back to. on the city at yeah. all. I wouldn't say he did, so, for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I think he'll still always be regarded as a Michigan product. Right. So at 43, uh, which he is now, he's lived in Nashville for 13 years. He moved there when he was 30. Uh, he started playing in bands at like 15, 16, say. So he was in that scene that early. But at one point, the White Stripes was touring 200 shows a year like in their early days they were barely even here they were out touring so much everywhere all over the world they could be right in theory he has lived as a artist in nashville longer than he's lived in detroit and could you really look at anything post fuck elephant 
anything post elephant he's done and really be like, well, that's De- that's Detroit rock and roll carried over. That's true. That mm, yeah. right on he's the done Cold so Mountain, many different styles. That stuff when he did the uh, soundtrack for James Bond, it was like, oh, he's not a Detroiter anymore. He's become <laughs> he's a superstar. At that point, it was like he's doing a song with Alicia Keys. He's gonna win a Grammy. He's not a. We lost him as a local artist to me. Not I that I don't love him. Yeah, exactly. I don't hold it against him. It's no, like not at you're, all. you're gonna clap for him. You know, Fuck no yeah. matter what. It's funny too because like. The World Cup just finished, and Seven Nation Army, every country in the world, that's their chant when their teams come on the field. Mm-hmm. The people don't even, like, they'll admit they don't even know where the hell the song comes from, but they chant that because of that, just, it has a natural yeah. chant it's to the, it. It's uh, the modern day, ole, ole, yeah. ole, ole, yeah. ole, which I don't know, is that actually a Bouncing Souls song, or they just use that? What, ole? Ole, yeah. No, that's been around for, like. Hundreds of years, really? probably. Yeah. Oh, they, the Bouncing Souls did a fucking version of it that kills. <laughs> nice. So good. Do you guys ever catch that Seven Nation Army is seven notes? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And they get to that one Guitar World uh, interview that he did like years and years ago. I just heard that recently. You know what's like, a terrible thing about Detroit? We rejected his. Well, it wasn't. We rejected his song, I guess. But there was a group of people that wanted to go on Belle Isle and play yep. Seven Nation Army, like. A thousand kids or something. They they didn't do their permit correctly, I guess. So they told them no. You, you keep on going. Stupid. <laughs> it was a similar. I, mean, I heard about that. Yeah, that's sad. To that South Park episode where they put together the uh, the clarinet thing and Cartman the, gets the everyone to note. play the brown note. Yes. And everyone shits their pants <laughs> on earth. I think they were worried about that. Maybe they watched that episode the night before. You know, to go back a little bit, uh, I forgot to mention when you're bringing up Jack White being, why maybe you know who knows about what he wants. You know, we don't know if he wanted to turn his back or if he was just like hey i'm gonna go do what i want because i can he did i i remember in 06 when he's touring with the raconteurs and when he started them he really always he's oh they're great he always opened and would say we're the raconteurs from nashville tennessee Mm. and And i feel like akron ohio aren't they yeah the green horns (laughs) i feel like it was yeah um little jack and and, uh, uh Brendan Benson. Yeah, Jackie Jack Green. White. Isn't Jackie Greenhorn in that band? The actual guy Jackie from the Jackie Treehorn, the guy that does porn. Dean, no. Big Lebowski. Dean, Dean the Big Fertitta. Lebowski now. Dean, Dean Fertitta. Yeah, there you go. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of people in that band. D- and Dean's from Michigan. Yeah. I mean, they're, uh, the Raconteurs are a Midwest so I feel like Detroit they, they just kind of picked where band. they wanted to be from. That's yeah. just where Jack it was White kinda, was. That's where they recorded where, their album, probably. But it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It's, it is where they recorded their album. And it was also just like, we got to be from somewhere. But that kind of puts a statement like where you're from. People love saying they're from Detroit when they're from fucking Flint because you'd rather be from Detroit or the suburbs. Or the suburbs. Let's talk about Flint for a minute. Nice. So uh, the state has recently accused uh, the Flint government of not using all the funds uh, that they have available for them um, to to fix their uh, water crisis. Uh, we've covered the water crisis a few times on this show, so we're not going to beat it up too much. Rondo the Thirst Mutilator had come to replace water virtually everywhere. Uh, the main idea with this is that uh, the city has only withdrawn two, uh, $27.2 million of an available $167 million. Uh, that money's been available since early 2017. They've had access to this money. Uh, the The chief financial officer of Flint is saying... Uh, basically, when the city took over Flint, uh, which the city uh, Flint fell under city control in 2002, 
all the way up till uh, last year, I believe. State control. State control. They basically eliminated a lot of the people they had in place. And now that the city's taken back over, they need to fill these positions. So the idea is, hey, you have $50 million for this major project. Well, go to your, uh, you know, your urban development guy. Oh, we don't have that anymore because the city eliminated them because we didn't have any money to spend. Mm -hmm. So now they're saying, well, we need to uh, rebuild our team in Flint before we can even use this money because if not, we're just going to fuck it up all over again, basically. Yeah, you spend it appropriately, wisely with the right people in charge. Yeah, I just want to know, I, I get, again, to me, uh, they they took over January 10th, 2018. The city took back over of itself. Like that, That's when the state of Michigan stepped away from it and said it was good. At I mean, 2017, God, that's a long time for that money to be available. There has been a large amount of money to fix this problem available. A, not as long as the water crisis has been an issue, right? Because they're in something like 1,032 days or whatever. They're over 1,000 days uh, counted. But the idea of this money's been there for how long? And they only, what what we when we did that, uh, Elon Musk, it was $55 million is the estimated to fix it, yeah. to fix all of the problem. It's just about having someone do it. So you have $176 million. Okay, if it's 55 is the problem, give a contractor 65. Here's an extra 10 million. Get this shit done now. Yeah, if you're the if you're the residents of Flint, you, and if you've read this story, you've got to be pissed. Yeah, I'd be I'm no fucking choice. lynch mob. I'm talking, you know, hang those heads. I I wouldn't want them to like screw themselves over not just the government of the city, but the people of the city if they did just like think it was such a simple task to like throw money at the situation and fix it there's a lot a lot of intricate work there is there's to contracts to be done and, government and is very slow like, two years even if so you far working like yeah that's a little too long people in the actual position i don't know why government takes so long but it just does. it's just bureaucracy i understand that's the problem but you would think that it wouldn't be huge bureaucracy since or it really shouldn't be that big of a deal since everybody in this area really wants this to go away because of how much of a black mark in the world that this is. Like, we live in America, and we have a city, major, whatever you want to call it, where they don't have clean drinking water. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't hear about that in any other country. You're not, nope, even in no Mexico, it's almost like that's a joke that they, yeah, that they don't have. It's like, ha, 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 yes, we've had clean drinking water since 1976, you know? But here it's like, oh, yeah, Flint doesn't even have it in 2018. It's fucking mm -hmm. crazy. No, it's. I think it's a huge, huge tragedy. Think of the residents. Like, can you imagine? That shitty band from can, the 70s with the giant eyeball heads? Can you Those imagine? Those guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad. Can Like, I, I can't imagine wanting to just, like, I wouldn't even want to brush my teeth with this water. Absolutely not. You see, the, we've seen the videos. I mean, we're only... 50 miles yeah. from from Flint and think about it like brushing your teeth with with this water washing your hair with this water like what what the hell are they doing and a lot of them are refusing to use their water and they're getting billed yeah, yeah. water bills like this, that's fucking outrageous yeah but the other thing is like we're talking about this beginning of August so like even if they have a plan in place the fucking city is going to freeze over in 4 months well first of all beginning of August right how about this starting like 2013? I understand, but I'm so saying like, why is it even still a problem? I mean, the yeah, state, I guess there, there was, was a cover up. In that. The, 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 the government, you know, they tried to, not a big deal. Yeah. 
not a big deal. They, they didn't want to admit their fuck up. Yeah. Because well, they made money. They got they got paid when they did their whole little switch the lines thing from where they were getting be. water There's from. There's got to be a reason, and that yeah. could be a... It, yeah, exactly. The, the, the city and the state fucked up. They didn't want to admit it until it became a global... Uh, oh, it, a, it became an uh, everyone knew about it and they had to accept it. I was in Washington, uh, Washington uh, state. Um, I was living in Seattle when this was like really getting like global. And I remember people being like, aren't you from, you know, you said in Michigan, where, how far are you from Flint? I'm like, not even like an hour. Right. I'm like, not That's how, how far are you I from am. Detroit? All of a sudden now it's Flint. <laughs> yeah. And I would tell people, and it was just wild hearing people talk about Flint that are all the way on the, the complete opposite side of the, of the country. And it was wild hearing yeah, about it. Last time like, anyone so on that side of the country uh, talked about Flint was uh, fuck semi semi pro. That fucking the Flint Tropics. The Flint Trop. You ever seen that uh, <laughs> that Will Ferrell basketball movie he made? No. Oh, At halftime, I'm gonna wrestle a bear. <laughs> <What is laughs> no. I've seen this. I I just feel like the state dropped the city on its head again for more failure. Emergency manager left without a solid plan in place. Mm-hmm. Why did why did the emer- emergency manager leave? Yeah, the more and more you drill into the brass <laughs> tacks of it, it's like, and you look at those details, you're like, oh my god, it's just the whole thing. It's just a, I fumbled this. I'm out of here. Let somebody else deal with it. I'm gonna run away. You know, there, there's weird, and there was a lot of weird things that went on during the exposure of it two years ago. It's it's things like this make me sad that we don't live in like the 1800s where like when politicians fucked up, they just strung them up in the town square. And then like the next one's just new, like fix this shit or that's you in two months. You know, we don't get that anymore. We get uh, he'll be voted out of office sometime near 2020. All right, let's go out on a good note with this one. Uh, This is a very strange one because this is a. Pretty big music festival that's going to happen in uh, Metro Detroit, uh, well, in Detroit proper, uh, down in Hart Plaza. This is the Motor City Muscle uh, Rock and Roll Music and Car Festival. Uh, This is happening August 17th, 18th, and 19th. Um, This kind of popped up out of nowhere, I'd say the middle of July. Yeah. Um, And it's free. It's free. It's Ace Freely, the Dead Kennedys, Death, uh, the Detroit one, not the uh, death metal one, sadly. Um, I see stars, which is kind of a, uh, I believe they're a local pop punk band, and it's uh, Sponge. Wait, Sponge. Death is not the death metal band. No, this no, is, there's two deaths. This is the '60s Detroit punk band. Yeah. If oh, you don't know death, I, no, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I, death. I, I uh, Molly Hatchet, Fishbone, uh, the lead singer of Journey, not the real lead singer, but I believe it's the singer who replaced the real lead singer of Journey. I don't really know this Journey. Is the, that this much. is like the second or third guy to replace them because they had picked up that um, little kid from. Wherever I think he was a Puerto Rican kid, yeah, mm-hmm. and he sang real good until he blew his vocal cords out. Mm. Oh, so this man. guy's replacing him now. Reverend Horton Heat, that's a yeah. big pull too. Yeah, so this is a, it's 120 bands uh, happening over three days. It's it's a free festival. There is a VIP package available for either $75 a day, $150 for three days, and what that gives you is uh, f- seating, um, foods, uh, food, beverages. Uh, private restrooms, which aren't available to the rest of the festival. Probably the the best thing about this is the fact that you have like private restrooms. I don't think you guys understand how packed nuts to butts this is going to be. Yeah, if this is anything this like Hoedown run. was back when it was free at Hart Plaza, it is beyond packed. It's the stupidest of the stupid. Yep. And 
Har Plaza is not that big. Har Plaza is not no, especially in the stage area. No, uh, big. So this is gonna draw crowds from every surrounding city. I could see five hundred thousand people. Oh, for, over the weekend, over the of weekend, packing cars in, and music, yeah. rock yeah. music. Everyone's still about that in yep. Detroit. Area. It is gonna be a fucking. It's gonna be a shit show down there. I'm, I'm gonna Especially go down at least go one down. day. I don't know yeah. if you guys when the sun to go goes down. Go. You won't go down one day. No, <laughs> I hate crowds so like gay. that. I hate crowds like that. What are you talking I'm about? Not, All I'm you do is thing. go to concerts. Yeah, but not for like butts to nuts crowds. <laughs> Who the fuck would want that? What's wrong with butts exactly. to nuts? Fuck. <laughs> but plus, honestly, I don't know these bands. I just I'm at that dude. For me, Ace I'm at, freely. Are you fucking kidding me? You're, fucking where's, where's, kiss. Where's Paul Stanley? Where's uh? We don't need those Gene guys. Simmons. Don't be like that. Are you kidding me? Don't be like that. You know Jean's out there selling oh, on, coffee Kennedy's. table books somewhere. They don't I, I'm going to give a shout out to my Dead old Kennedy's. boss cool. that is actually going to be in this music festival. Yeah. He, he's a Tom Petty band cover band. Really? Nice. Oh, Teddy I, Petty. Teddy Petty. Refugees. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I forgot. Kind of uh, funny. So of all the stages, there's like there's one or two stages that have like all the touring bands. All the other ones are yeah, uh, local talent. So one of them has like a bunch of covers. There's a Bob Seger cover band. There's a Grand Funk Railroad cover band, whatever it would be, like all through the time. Then there's another stage, which looks like it just has the same band over the course of three days. It's probably just like, you know, if we had our own stage there, we would just hire somebody to play all three days. Kick ass. Yeah. Oh, if we would fucking murder this stage. <laughs> Is They'd there have a Margaritaville stage? Yeah. Oh, some Jimmy Buffet. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, you can find this at MotorCityMuscle.us. Uh, this is the first time I've ever uh, heard of this kind of festival, so I'm hoping it, and it's kind of like a, a I hope test. It's successful. To see. Yeah, it's a yeah. unique collaboration of, you know, colliding the two coolest things that come out of Detroit. Yeah, thank you for reminding me because uh, at the bottom of this page it actually shows because being that it's free, someone had to put it on, right? Yeah. So if you look at it. Uh, it's got you know the free USA Today, uh, iHeartMedia, uh, probably some of the big three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm surprised they're not featured. Actually, there. Yeah, Detroit what's going on? Sports zone. Other visionary leaders. Oh, there's not. Detroit is Kroger. Kroger. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Is really great at putting on free music festivals. Mm-hmm. There's got the jazz, jazz fest. fest. Oh yeah, jazz and fest is a good time. Just a worked plenty of jazz fests. Good. So, guys, check it out, Motor City Music Festival. Uh, We'll be back right after this with our August movie preview. You know, they say the Russian Olympic team was caught listening to The Underchannel. That's a real podcast that enhances dudes, am I right? Theunderchannel.com. Guaranteed male enhancement or your money back. What? First Friday of the month, and that means we are here with our August movie preview. Uh, I've got Aaron and Steve along for the ride this time, and we're going to start it off with Christopher Robin. Uh, this comes out today, if you're listening to episode 8, on its the day it's released, August 3rd. Oh, I do like a party. Monte. What should happen if you forget about me? Silly old bear. Yep, I won't ever forget about you, yep. I promise. Not even when I'm a hundred. I grew up with this shit. Oh, yeah. I should be working this weekend. So Ewan McGregor plays I, in I my Run Up Christopher Robin. Away this weekend. All hands on deck. You won't be coming to the cottage. Well, it can't be helped. Your life is happening now, right in front of you. What to do, what to do, what to do. What to do indeed. <laughs> Who? Christopher Robin. He's all 
dirty and mangled. <laughs> uh, voiced by Jim Cummings, who's actually been the voice of Winnie the Pooh since 1988. Really? Yeah, this is the Pooh I know. Yeah. He's actually, he's also known for voicing Darkwing Duck. Oh. Yes, nice. from a goofy movie, and he was the he's been the voice of uh, Taz from Tasmanian Devil since 1991. Have you just eaten honey? I always get to where I'm going by walking away from where I have been. Do you? That's the way I do it. Sometimes I feel like I may have watched too much Winnie the Pooh because, like, my knowledge stuff that I spit out is like really garbagey, just like. Winnie the Pooh's like my train of thought will go like I'm trying to make sense and it makes sense to me but when somebody hears it like what are you talking about talk to himself another small toss out Jim Cummings also does the voice of Tigger which he's done since 89 but the voice of Eeyore is Brad Garrett really the brother from Everybody Loves Raymond who sounds like a human Eeyore is the voice of Eeyore in this movie oh in this movie he's not the original Eeyore no no he's the voice in this movie Tigger looks super old in this. Like, I think that's the point. Like, they've all been old and forgotten. Well, so uh, I had a, uh, a conversation about this today, uh, and a buddy of mine was saying, well, it doesn't, he doesn't want to see it because it doesn't look like uh, Winnie the Pooh he grew up with. Yeah. But if you, if you know Winnie the Pooh, the idea is uh, the actual characters don't exist. They're imaginary. They're, they're Christopher Robin's stuffed animals. And these yeah. are the games that he plays. So it makes sense for an adult Christopher Robin when he remembers them as stuffed animals. <laughs> I like uh, I I like Brad Garrett as Eeyore. That was good. Yeah, I also wonder if they're gonna run lend, uh, lend credence to like the stuffed animals are real, or if he's having like a late like a late Mid-life life crisis, crisis type situation. He returns back to his yeah. I, was, I, I don't I don't cope. think so. I you think it's think. gonna be real magic? Oh, you really are. You really are in your feelings. Today, he's a huh? true I am. believer. All right, guys. Will you see this in theater? Will you wait for it uh, to come out on DVD, or will you see it? Or well, fuck it. Will you never see it? I'll see it. I'll, I would like to see it just to see like how they, like I kind of already got the gist of what the movie's gonna be about. Yep. Like, like Christopher Robin is a guy who just straight up just works every day. He can't. He doesn't have time for his family, and you know now, and you know they try to relive his childhood, and then it's just like, oh yeah, I gotta go back to my family. He's like, we're just gonna follow you and make your and just be like, no, you're gonna be a kid forever, Christopher. You don't know that. <laughs> I'm trying to think like, is this? With the theme of what they're going for, is is this what I take my kids to go see? Because that's what that's the only way I'm going to see this in the theater is if I take my kids to go see it. Yeah. And, and anyone who hasn't uh, seen the trailer, uh, it's directed by Mark Forster, uh, who also directed uh, Monsters Ball, The Kite Runner, World War Z, and Quantum of Solace. That's a totally different realm of movies yeah. compared to this. Yeah. No, um, am I expected to see James? Monsters Bond? Ball is with. Uh, O-Girl and uh, Billy Bob yeah, Thornton. You know, and <laughs> you know what I did is actually, uh, I think I wrote, I didn't write down the one that I was thinking of, Finding Neverland, okay. that movie that uh, you know, I got Johnny the vibes Depp off did. Yes. It's very whimsical. Neverland. It feels okay. soft. Like that it makes feels a little like more you're sense. watching it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck, I forgot to write that one down. <laughs> now, that's the one, that, you know, Robert, that you needed to write down because that's the one that makes sense. It's like, yeah, we just hired this guy who who did World War Z and all yeah, that type World of stuff. War Z. <laughs> Monsters Ball, wasn't that where she got raped on the uh, yeah. pinball machine? I, I could are, see it. Are we about to see Christopher Robin get raped? Hey, lo- lots of people, you know, they uh, they invent imaginary creatures in their head to get over some amazing oh, trauma, yeah. you know? Yeah, so trauma. This is actually a sequel to Monsters Ball. <laughs> all right, so I don't have a movie for August 10th. 
Uh, but I do have one for August 17th. Uh, this movie is called Alpha. This is starring Cody Smith-McPhee, who was the boy in the movie The Road, but probably more commonly he was uh, Nightcrawler in X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, really? I completely forgot Nightcrawler was in that movie. I forgot that movie altogether, though. Mm. It was a good. It was good. Father no, always told me. Just continue to disagree. Survival is never certain. Whoa. You are fucked. And when there are no more leaders to follow, you must become one. So it's set prehistoric time. Uh, Ice Age, I guess. Um, similar to the movie 10,000 BC that came out a few years ago. 10,000 BC was alright. They just... They didn't... It was when CG was still the learning budget. its way. Yeah. Which this CG doesn't look that good, honestly. That's nah, not terrible though. This is pretty decent. Sorry. Some green screen shit. I'm trying to figure out who the dad is. Gone forever. Another pile of rocks up. Yeah, he wasn't anyone that I wrote down. I did write down the director. Um, Albert Hughes, who along with his brother is known for uh, Menace to Society, Dead Presidents, From Hell, and The Book of Eli. Are you serious? Yeah. We've got a crazy mix of directors right now yeah. going on in these yeah. movies. Wait, I thought Menace to Society was John Singletary. I don't know. You fool. You have to kill him. So anyone, you can't really hear, it. there's not a lot of talking in this trailer, but the idea is it's a young hunter from a tribe who befriends an injured wolf. I mean, I kind of got just uh, Are you listening to the show? Me? <laughs> yeah. A little bit. I'm talking to the audience, baby. He did Boys it. in the Hood. That's what it was. John Singletary's Boys in the Hood. All right. So you will not see this, Steve? No. I. In general? No, I, I just don't like it. Really? Witness the origin of the relationship that changed our world forever. No, I'll never see this movie. The origin of man's best friend? Ooh, okay. I okay. can see my brother-in-law seeing this. Because really? he, he's a big dog guy. Oh, really? Yeah. But no, I'd never see this. Like, he... <laughs> I would go there like to visit him over the weekend or something. And, like this is what he'd have playing. Oh, really? like, All right, Justin. <laughs> I want to believe I would see this movie, but just knowing my track history, chances are I'll never fucking see this movie. This will probably be the last time I ever even hear anyone talk about this movie. So no, this movie will bomb. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't, don't think this is a movie meant to succeed though either. Was this just for shits and giggles? This is art. This is an art house film. <laughs> He's like, oh, I really got. I've got this story I have to tell. Totally cons. I am. Uh, we're gonna go on now to what I think will be the best of the uh, the bunch. I'm excited for Steve to see this. August 24th uh, is a movie called The Happy Time Murders. Uh, this movie stars Melissa McCarthy. So I'm gonna say it now. This is definitely the first and probably the last time I will ever recommend anyone see a Melissa McCarthy movie. Believe me, she would not be my first choice that I can tell. Why oh, you gotta be like that? 
I love singing and dancing. This is a Henson alternative production. Fifty cents, I'll suck your dick. <laughs> well, it's a great price. It almost makes me wish I had a dick for you to suck. Oh, I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> <laughs> It only gets better from here. Offices in this department. What do you say? Looks like a rubber gone wrong to me. This wasn't a Stanley was a from the office. Someone out there <gasps> is killing puppets. Hey, handsome. You looking for some rotten cotton? I'm a woman. That's okay. Rotten cotton. <laughs> time for you. We're gonna catch the bastards who did these murders. Because bodies are gonna start I feel like every up. Melissa McCarthy movie does the same type of trailer thing with oh, the, that font. Like every time. The fucking FBI. Oh yeah, what's that stand for? Fucking Joe McHale. That tagline they just used, um, No Sesame All Street, actually got them sued by the yeah, Sesame Street did. Corporation. Yep. Which they ended up losing. Like a week later. It's crazy, I'm gonna go crazy as shit. It was like Brittany Murphy. Yeah. God, are you all right? I ruptured my hymen. This pure ecstasy. I'm not doing this. Do it. Oh, sorry about your her. dead human friend, Phillips. That is good shit. Well, fuck me. Maybe. <laughs> so good. Is Phil in? He's servicing a client. Is that what I think it is? Here I go. 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 I would say, by no means was Jim Henson approved, but he, I think, he yeah, this is not a, yeah, be okay be, with what's going on with his no, organization no, right now. He be, he's rolling in his grave right now. I, uh, with that being said, I will, I will be seeing this movie in theaters. That looks good. I don't know how many chances there really are to see puppet movies in theaters, so you have to uh, capture them when you can. Yep. Yeah, especially one of this nature. Yeah. How about you, Steve? <laughs> I would definitely see it. I don't know if I've seen it in theaters, but I would like if it was on DVD or something. I'd probably see it. Yeah, this is a tough one. I I I'd want to see it in theater. It, who would I go see it with? I mean, everybody at this table I could go see it with, but other than that, it, it's it's a very weird question. It's like, yeah. hey, you want to see a you want to see a movie about Muppets getting like yeah. and like X-rated Muppets, super adult themed? Yeah. So I know you guys didn't think it was possible for us to have two movies about uh, boys forming bonds with uh, dogs, but uh, with that being said, we do have the movie Axel, which comes out on August 24th. Is Terminator August usually a shitty month for movies? Yeah, probably. I don't know. It's not, it's not July. I know July and June are usually the big months. Yeah. It's going to be a big month next year. Someone there? Why you say that? Oh no, I'm thinking of May. Uh oh. May is when the next adventure Self-destruct. Get this out, right? If anyone's familiar with the show, the uh, Colony, 
Uh, the main guy in this plays Bram Bowman in that show. His name's Alex Neustader. That's who I'm looking at right now. Uh, he has Zoom. I think the colony has Sawyer from Lost in it, too. And, uh, Lori, the wife from The Walking Dead. It's paired now. The key gives him control of the entire project. You wanna play? Play. All right, let's go. I could not think of Beetleborgs when I seeing that dog. It just reminded me of Beetleborgs. <laughs> like the big bad Beetleborgs? Yeah, the big bad Beetleborgs, oh, yeah. Shit. It's got that same giant Hello. plastic looking robot. Look I would have never yeah. thought of Beetleborgs Stay. ever again in my Shoot life until you said that. Yeah, I got I don't see it. I say. Really? Somebody spent a lot of money on I think on it's them. in the eyes. Like, if you they ever watch Beetleborgs, like, some of their, their like, robots look cross-eyed. I feel like this is a Michael Bay film, too. Like this is some crap Michael Bay would have been up to. Well, it's actually directed by a relative newcomer, Oliver Daly, who only has one other credit, which is a short called Miles from 2015. Come on, he needs our help. Yeah, this is a movie all the 14 and 15 year olds are trying to get their parents to take them to. It's not Finders Keepers. I didn't see something else. I would have made fun of this movie at 14. I think so. Yeah, I'm thinking 9 or 10. 9 or 10 year old boys from way off around there. Moving to the I always like these movies too because they're like way far beyond like reality. Like these two are taking on like the military, these two kids and their right. dog. Like, okay. In real life, they'd be shut down in like two days. Oh, we Tranked. found It's like as soon as I found out where the kid's location is, the, yeah. the dog's taken back to where he was found. And then. They, if it was a weapon like that, they would just fucking hit it with a, <laughs> with a missile. They were really that concerned about it. <laughs> I'm just going to assume none of us are going to see this no, theater. Never, no, right? never going to happen. I would probably pass this over if I saw it in the dollar bin, and that says a lot about me. <laughs> uh, last it movie does nothing new. for the month. Like it literally, there's nothing like ground bacon or anything. It's just little like some kid is going to see that movie, and hopefully, it opens their mind to what the world of sci-fi movies can be at, at the very least. Yeah, that's all you can hope yeah. for. Last for the for this month is a movie called Kin. Dennis Quaid? Yes, Dennis Quaid. Yes, shitter was full. The actual star of this, his name is Miles Truitt, that young kid right there. Okay. If I'm hard on you, it's because the world is Oh, hard. that's the wrong shitter was full guy. You see, I was thinking of uh, uh, his brother. Just De uh, stay out of trouble, Randy Quaid? Okay. Randy Quaid. <laughs> no, Dennis Quaid, man. Jeez, come on. Kid can't find a gun. It's not gonna fly. Your brother just got out. <laughs> not in that neighborhood. I know I've been away for a long time, but I want to make sure that you know that you're important to me. Yep, so that guy is Jack Rayner. He was the uh, played in the uh, Irish rally car driver in Transformers: Age of Extinction. Oh yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, he's the one that uh, tries to go with Marky Mark's daughter. James Franco, looking like shit. Ooh. James Franco plays some good, dark characters. Oh, hell yeah, he does. The hell is that thing? Time is going to be more kind to James Franco's career than people are nowadays. I think you'll look back and, and he'll be pretty uh, well-regarded. Yeah. Yeah. Despite, I don't know, he had some problems with the Me Too stuff in the beginning. I think yep. your brother has Fuck him. 
Uh, this movie is directed by brothers Jonathan and Josh Baker. Uh, they've only made short movies before this. Uh, this is actually inspired by a short of theirs from 2014 called Bagman. And I've been waiting for her to make an appearance, but apparently Zoe Kravitz, Lenny Kravitz' daughter, is a blonde. Oh, I haven't. With right oh, there. okay, okay, gotcha. You've I've seen her movie, uh, was it Dope? She was in Dope? He's gonna no. figure it out eventually. Rob, you're ready for that. I know this movie here, you're definitely gonna see it. But you need to see Dope. Okay. Like, straight up, yeah. whatever you do, the next movie you watch, watch Dope. You haven't told me this! Is that Catwoman? Anne Hathaway? Get away from my brother. Maybe keep that thing on the first mode, yeah? I can't I, I can't figure out what this movie's about. I, it didn't make any like the trailer didn't Found tell me anything. Yeah, kid finds a gun, nobody likes it. Yeah. I don't That's I don't quite it. get it. Um yeah, I would I would see this movie. Um I, I guess my one hope is that they're not immediately trying to go for like a trilogy with this Ooh. like make a single complete movie and then if it's good i didn't get a trilogy people will ask for it. one no because I, again we, like aaron said what's the story other than the kid finds a gun yeah i mean i can know, see where you get the trilogy it's, arc, vibe it's, it's part one of an arc who to me. did it come from where did it come right. from? maybe they don't really build on that till the very end of the movie and then they decide to go somewhere else with it. Yep. And then it gets you know not everything. Not, not everything needs to be a trilogy. You tell it to James Cameron. I do love trilogies, though. I used to have a trilogies podcast. I used to do a show called Trilogies. You watch all three. God it's bless. one of the greatest. God, God bless. Greatest of all times, <laughs> Mighty Ducks. <Okay. laughs> the Under Channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram now. Show recommendation for this week, uh, Saturday, August 4th. So if you listen to this episode the day it came out, that is tomorrow. Uh, this show is uh, Coma Regalia, which is Sean from Middleman Records, uh, who we interviewed back uh, on last week's episode, 007, along with Hundreds of Owl, who is a post-hardcore band from New York City. But we are going to feature a band called Great Reversals, which is a uh, local uh, post-hardcore screamo band. Uh, this song is called Jaws. These bands are playing at Genesis in downtown Royal Oak. Uh, shows at 8 p.m., music at 8.30, only $5 all ages. Get in there. Don't miss great reversals and don't miss hundreds of out. Don't miss them. They're fucking good. This might be a little too heavy for you guys, but this is some good shit. I hope that plays in Royal Oak is right here than Royal Oak. Never I think it's a coffee shop. Yeah, as soon as Sean would start talking about some of these bands, it kind of got me into them a little bit more. Yeah. Hundreds of hours a good one. Yeah, definitely. Where is this at? Downtown Royal Oak. It's got a place called Genesis. Okay. Uh, really? Yeah, this band's good. So this song is called Jaws, and it's about, it's written from the standpoint of being a shark. Like, it's an actual song based on being a shark. Something I would have wrote when I was like eight and loved the movie Jaws. Oh fuck! I can't. I 
got tickets to see the old 97s with Heather. Same So unfortunately, I won't be at the show. I hope everybody does go out and see it because, um, fuck man, good screamo. Screamo that you can understand the vocals is such an underrated genre. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't mind getting my scream on sometimes, but when I can understand what you're screaming, it helps buy me in a little bit quicker. Yeah, and this is off of a compilation they did. Um, the music's great. Yeah. God, that, I mean, that guitar and that drum, and that's pounding in. Yeah. That's just, that's merciless. Uh, I've listened to their album, Mere Mortals, a bunch. It's so, I was almost going to play a song off of that, but I thought this was cool being at its jaws. About the, the album is Shout out to Eric Scobie uh, from the What's That Fucking Noise music group uh, that Aaron and I are a part of. He's actually in Great Diversity. Um, also playing on the show is a band called uh, Menagerie, which is a uh, traditional hardcore band. Uh, they're a new band from this area. They just have a demo out this year. I think this band's good, dude. Um, it's if you go, you can buy me a copy of Mere Mortals, and I'll pay back. You can rep the hashtag TUC attends. Gary, what's with all the noise down there? Mom, I'm podcasting the story of the Venture Brothers. Gary, nobody cares about the Venture Brothers. People care. Well, just be quiet. All right, fine. People really need to know this stuff. And yes, you do need to know this stuff. And you know why? Because... August 6th, that's what, one, two, three, five, five days away, six days away, it's back. Season 7 kicks off. Adult Swim gets the greatest show ever made to man, in my humble opinion. <laughs> there is nothing better than the Venture Brothers. There's a lot of great shows out there. Uh, Adult Swim does quite a few. I mean, people are big on Rick and Morty, but this shit blows it out the Absolutely. water. Venture Brothers, best Adult Swim show ever. Bar none. It always gets a midnight time slot, too. It kind of makes it. This is mad. kicking so much ass. It's got to take over two days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, so it's coming back out. Um, Rob introduced me to the Venture Brothers many moons ago, actually back in probably 2007 when they only had two seasons out. He lent me the uh, two-season box set. Um, it's created by Jackson Public, uh, written and produced with Doc Hammer and James Urbiniak. Uh, the first season started in 2004, August 7th, so it's kind of like a nice little 14-year anniversary coming up here. Um, it's always been called a spoof of the 60s uh, cartoon Johnny Quest. Absolutely. And mm, I, yeah. I, I it just, started out as that. Yeah, Johnny. it started out that way, yeah. Action, Action Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know why, but that always pisses me off for some reason. Because I, I, that was a dumb cartoon to me. That show was great. I don't know. I, I get the comparison. family values. That yeah. show was real I weird. I get the comparison. They had that make you servant boy? Yeah. But I don't <laughs> know. Haji? For, yeah, Haji, yep. Mm. And, and the Venture Brothers play off of it. They do. They have Action Johnny. They Obviously, they have their, their bodyguard. And I think they bring in a little Indian boy, mm -hmm. too, that was uh, Rusty's um I think he gets gunned down like, yeah, running like to that. a helicopter or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> So for anybody that is a fan of the show, you know how excited it is to have this season finally coming. It's been two years. 2016 was when season six hit, 
and that has that's only two years. That's not even the longest we've had to wait. Um, season one, two thousand and four. Season two, two thousand and six. Season three, two thousand and eight. So there we got like an every two year thing. Then two thousand and nine, we get one year season four. But then the show really dupes us, and we wait four years for season five to come out and be able to actually watch this. It was a big deal. Yeah. So that was when I got to say I became a fan. Two thousand nine. Yeah. And I go, wow, this show's great. Well, how have I gone this long without it? I look it up. And it even said the expected date and shit. And yep. it was like 2013. The craziness. And yeah, that was hard. Break your heart. Yep. <laughs> so then uh, t- season six, 2016. So it's three years later. And you just figure this is a pattern. And it really is because uh, Cartoon Network or yeah, Adult Swim, they don't pressure these guys. They, they know what they're producing is quality. So they give them the time they need to flesh these ideas out and get this stuff done. Um, IGN... Uh, rated it as the number 56 in their top 100 of animated series. Um, and then they also did a, a top 25 adult animated series, and it was number 12. On all these lists, The Simpsons is always number one. Mm. I, I, that's fine. That's okay. As deserved. Yeah, that doesn't classic. bother me. Absolutely. It's a classic. Um, so the universe of the Venture Brothers is it's like super scientists um, or good guy groups, um, such as you know Dr. Jonas Venture, who is our main character. Um you know, the Order of the Triad. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's good <laughs> stuff right there. Jefferson Twilight <laughs> only hunts blackulas, black vampires. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, you get that. Uh, then you know you have this group that has to be employed to protect them, which is the OSI, uh, the Office of Secret Intelligence, that takes care of all these crazy scientists and things like that. Um, and then their counterpart um, is the Guild, the Guild of Calamitous Intent. And so, like, they have this epic cat and mouse type thing going on with, you know, they have, if you're a scientist, you have an arch enemy. Mm-hmm. And that's, and your arch enemy arches you. Is assigned by the guild. As assigned by the guild. <laughs> and there's cool. a system to so, yeah. it, too. So, like, I'm going to let uh, uh, the monarch, who is the main pro, uh, antagonist in the show, I'm going to let him explain the system. So what's all this crap about levels? This is level from 10, six. level 4, level whatever? It's not that confusing. The EMA level means equally matched aggression level. It all started with, that's right, the original Dr. Venture. See, 50 years ago, there was this freshman villain called Turnbuckle. No fancy car, no weapons, no clue, right? He shows up at the Venture compound and snatches Rusty from his playpen or whatever and demands a fight. Step away from the boy. Cousin, you face Turnbuckle. My punch is devastating. Get the fuck away from the boy. The guy puts up his dukes like a total douche. So the action man, because he's a full-on psycho, pistol whips him into the ground like a tent pole. And then this Turnbuckle, he looks up and says, Kiss my ass. Click. Takes one right in the brain not equal. So they came up with this system. You have huge balls, a deadly partner, armed headquarters, a huge henchman army and a flying car. You're like a level 9 or 10. If you just have a sidekick and enough change to ride the New Jersey path train, you're a 4. Guess who's a 4? And so that's the monarch and he, you know, this is season 6 when this is happening. So a lot of stuff has taken place that Rob you've missed out on, man. I'm telling you yeah. what, you need to go, you need to get on Hulu. Because the Venture Brothers is on Hulu, and just pick up where you left off, or just rewatch the whole series. Yeah, I th- I've seen seasons one through four. Yeah, and I've seen seasons one and two 
a million times. Yeah, probably yeah. twenty times. Just what, constantly was on rotation. Uh, when I, when I was first watching, this is like when I was heavy into Adult Swim with the with Boondocks and uh, Aqua Teen and mm-hmm. and Venture Brothers. As much as I liked all of those shows, like I'm sorry, yeah, uh, Venture Brothers always seemed like a treat to me. It was like, okay, Adult Swim's, they're playing around with the stuff they normally do. You know, we get a new Aqua Team, we get new stuff. All right, they're about to class it up because they're putting on some Venture Bros. Like, we're getting ready for some serious, like, high-quality animation. Yeah, production quality yeah. was on its own yeah. level. And my biggest thing about them, and I'll, I'll get, this is a spoiler. What Fuck it, we're going into Season 7. Um, The kids are clones. So at the end of Season <laughs> 1... Uh, they the main two characters who you've watched this entire time they get killed they get hit, they get in a uh, car accident and they get killed. Well, at the beginning of season two, you're like, well, what the fuck are they gonna do? They've really you know written themselves into a pickle this time. But all it is is well, he's a super scientist. His kids get killed all the time, so they're clones. So he drops new clones in into it. They hook them up to their bed that teaches them everything, and they wake up the next day as if nothing's happened. Yep. And this show is constantly doing that. They put themselves into a place where you're like, they're ruining the show. They're about to do something stupid and make this show bad. And then they write their way out of it into something spectacular. And the way they build their mythos is just Absolutely. unbelievable. Yeah, they've done a great job of of building and developing characters throughout the timeline of the show and just building this culture and this universe that you just, if you're a fan of the show, you're into these characters. Like, Tag Sale, You're It is a iconic episode from season one, maybe season two, I'm not 100%, but they bring in all these characters, and you don't know who any of them are. The garage sale? Yeah, the garage yeah. sale, yeah. like So like, you get introduced to Phantom Limb for the first time there. Uh, I think Baron Von Underbite's in there. Truckasaurus? Yeah, Truckasaurus Rex or something like that. So all these characters... and. You've never seen them before, and then they just they get fleshed out as these seasons and these episodes progress, and it's great to go back to an episode like that and be like, "Holy shit, he was in there! He was he was at the garage sale!" Yeah, they've done a good job making it feel like a breathing world. Yeah. Like you're not watching a cartoon; like you're stepping into this universe that they've built yep. every couple of years. So, um, going into season seven, it's kind of a continuation of what season six was all about. Um, season six began with a. Uh, a, a, a special and that's one of the things that venture brothers has done even though there's been big gaps between seasons they've released specials for the fans to actually get to see whether it be a half hour uh, a full hour or or something they've done something like um i didn't grab it but uh between seasons five no seasons four and five um they've they, talked about gargantuan too yeah that, that's between five and six but Four and five was the uh, the band that they formed. Oh, shallow, uh, gra- shallow, shallow gravy. Yeah. yeah, really. So they have some backstory between yeah. episodes too. Yep, and they nice. do. And what it is is it's it's uh, it's Hank Ventures' um, band that he makes with Helper, the mm-hmm. their robot, yeah. and uh, Dermot, which is like a townie that's uh, part of uh, the mythos of the, of the thing. And anyways, but they they do like a behind the music like MTV <laughs> thing for him and stuff. And so that was one of their specials. That's cool. But anyway, so all that in Gargantua too, as you were talking about, was a special to lead into episodes five and six. And it was an hour long episode. And it took everything that had been happening with the show up until that point and kind of like said, this is where we're at in the show and <laughs> blew the show and turned it on its head. Um, you're going to eventually watch it. So if we're just spoiler alert, spoiler alert, 
So his brother dies at the end of the episode. The it, the uh, the sure. tumor brother. The tumor brother. Yeah. Yeah. The tumor yep. brother. And he leaves his entire fortune to Doc. And so he moves to New York. And this is where season six picks up. Gotcha. So now they're in Manhattan. They're living the high life. You know, they've got everything going for him. So we'll kind of go through the characters now and see where we're at. So Rusty Venture, now he's rich. All of those dreams have come true. He's, he's got all the money in the world. So has he given up on science for a life of leisure? At first. Okay. Because he's got the money. And he, he does some stupid shit. <laughs> like his brother was legit. He was a legit super scientist. Absolutely. He helps protect the world robot hand yeah you know and so then here comes dirtbag rusty trying to take over he first thing he does he fires he fires everybody (laughs) everybody that works for this corporation he fires them all the only person he keeps is the pirate (laughs) (laughs) who juices up yeah juices up on the adrenaline (laughs) that's the pirate from the very tranquilizers yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. goes to sargasso sargasso best episode (laughs) so they go and now they're living in new york um and he's like the monarch at this point is not allowed to arch Rusty, so that's killing the monarch. Um, so he Rusty's being arched by just about every dill hole costume guy there is that's in New York. The gorilla, it, yep, the gorilla, yeah. So this is all uh, a orangutan, yeah. <laughs> so this is all purported because Wide Whale is the new big bad in New York. And he's basically like Marvel's kingpin. Okay. And that's what they do in the season. They kind of play off of what Marvel had. So Wide Whale is like, he's arching Dr. Venture, but he's also like, kind of like not doing much with it. Mm-hmm. So there's all these people in front of the monarch for arching rights. Because mm-hmm. now the monarch's like a level four. I would say, yeah, the monarch, one of the funniest things about it is how serious he takes himself. Oh, yeah. And how little respect he gets from any of his peers. <laughs> any villain who meets, it could be the dumbest villain there is. It could be, you know, a zombie in a tutu. And they they shit on the monarch for being such a shitty superhero. Yep. So another thing that he's dealing with, too, now is obviously he has the OSI for protection. So he doesn't need anybody else. But in New York, there's all these superheroes running around that are shaking people down for protection, mafia style. Mm. So they have, um, they're basically like their version of the Avengers, the Crusaders Action League. And so it's like a, a Wonder Woman type character, Wariana. There's a, 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 a Hawkeye type character. Uh, his name is Fallen Arrow. Um, and then there's like a. a uh, Captain America type guy. I forget exactly what his the name sunshine is. Sunshine guy. Uh, no. no, it's like Stars and Stripes or something like that. Mm. And he wears like garter hose, and <laughs> uh, it's just out there. So, um, you know, and they're trying to, you know, they're shaking him down. It gets really ridiculous. Um, but as the season progresses, um, you find out that there's this other character called the Blue Morpho, and everybody's thinking that that's Rusty Venture. So towards the end, the Blue Morpho is killing off um, evil people from the guild, and everybody thinks it's Rusty Venture. So that's where we're at right now going into Season 7, is a lot of people think Rusty Venture is the Blue Morpho. Still unknown. Still un- Well, if you're watching the show, you know. <laughs> but to the world there, it's unknown. Um, and one of the things that they do with this season is they kind of go away from your favorite characters. So like Hank Venture... Um, you know, I didn't say anybody who's voicing these guys, but Hank Venture, he's the blonde one. You know, he's a little bit cooler than his brother, Dean. 
Um, He's the one who dresses like Fred from Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And it said that in one of the episodes. <laughs> yeah. it's like, Are you like Fred from Scooby Doo? That <laughs> That's the uh, said when they go on that double date. The double yeah, date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with uh, the uh, vampire check. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So he's now <laughs> Hank's got himself in a little pickle because he's in love with Wide Whale's daughter. Mm-hmm. So and she's like this fish girl. We haven't really gotten a lot out of it, but um, he's kind of become like his father's rich. So now he's the billionaire playboy living a life of leisure. He says that. Too, yeah, he says he, that. Doesn't yep. he say like I got that Justin Bieber Justin vibe? Bieber look? Yeah. And then Brock <laughs> Samson's like, don't do that. <laughs> oh yeah. Of <laughs> so then Dean Venture, he's off to college finally. He's he's living his dream of like becoming smart and doing the things he wants you know um he's in college he's become real emo-y uh really into his motion he he found out the truth about what's going on with the venture brothers that they're Mm -hmm. clones and shit like that so he knows now um and then you enter brock men write him love letters and women name their vibrators after him half swede quarter polish quarter winnebago killing machine one of the best characters. It, if there's one character that you're going to love right away from the Venture Brothers, it's Brock fucking Samson. Yeah. And no although, doubt. Although For animation. Uh, real he quick, doesn't sorry. have a uh, a uh, sex position named after him like Rusty. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been given a Rusty Venture? <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that, yeah. Uh, anyone who's listening who, like, I guess, if you've ever been on that fence of watching this show, if you're into animation... Uh, Patrick Warburton voices pa- voices yeah. Brock Samson. Uh, you may know him as the Tick, as Joe Swanson from Family Guy. He was Kronk uh, in Emperor's New Groove. One of the probably the most influential American voice actor of the past twenty years. Yeah, you know a lot of this show got its start from the yeah. Tick too. Really, in his best role, out of all of them, Brock Samson is the best. He's better than the Eight Ball. He's better than Putty? the Tick. Yeah, he's better than Putty. Anything <laughs> Patrick Warburton has done. Is a pale Swanson. in comparison to Brock. No, absolutely. Brock is the man. So Brock's been on a hiatus. Um, he hasn't been the Ventures bodyguard for a couple seasons now. Um, he's been doing some OSI work. Finds out the OSI is something else. Him and his boss, Colonel Gathers. There's a whole falling out between them. Uh, he goes to join Sphinx which Sphinx was like an old bad guy group way back in the days of dad venture. And then they disband and then, then they've been having a secret underground base on the venture compound the entire time. Um, but now they take care of all the unregistered villains, the ones that don't want to play by the rules with the guild. So Brock goes through a lot of stuff. We find out in season six, he's back with, he's back with the family. He is now there. Cause now that, Doc Venture is in New York with all that money and all that power. He's now a top dog scientist again. So Brock is reassigned back to him. So he's important again. Um, He's also going through a lot of things emotionally because his love, Molotov Cocktees, as far as we know, is dead. Mm. But he's got a... Did he kill her? Uh, as far as we know, wait, no. wait, wait, wait! I need some catching up real quick. Can we do a recap? So why does he think she's dead? So what happened was Molotov Cocktees. She fell in love with Monstroso, who is basically a big, huge kingpin of crime on that side of the country. Um, and there's this whole thing with this group called the Investors, and they're like basically like vampire ghost demons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they get through a whole bunch of stuff, and Brock is 
he has to kill Monstroso, obviously. There's a whole storyline there. Wait, someone they're in the limo? Yeah. And they go oh, off the cliff. No, doesn't it? She's... Oh, okay. As far as we know, she's dead. Like I said, we don't know for sure. As far as we know, she's dead. She, she the, died with Monstroso. The chick with the eye patch? Yeah. 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 Molotov cocktease. So anyways, his new love interest is from the uh, the the Crusaders Action League, Warriana. And she's like a, a Wonder Woman type character. She flies on a chariot with geese that pull it. <laughs> and she has a truth lasso. So at the end of the first episode, she uses it on Brock. And he's like, I don't even care about the no boob thing. I just want to do you. <laughs> and like, she gets him into all kinds of weird stuff. Well, he gets he gets shot with the uh, mind control gas. And oh he, yeah, he when they were inventing up, that, he ends up running over like, <laughs> over to her that's house. That's the first thing he does. <laughs> he gets hit with mind control gas. Everyone else is all getting <laughs> under a spell, but Brock Samson just runs away. They're like, "Where's he going?" And he goes to her door, yep. and he's like, Heracles. gets on his knees. He's like, he's like. Show me what it's like to be with a woman. <laughs> it's so good. Because he's always like the man. Like he's, yeah. yeah, it's so good. So they're definitely exposing his problems with masculinity through this season. So I'm excited to see yeah. where that storyline continues into season seven. Because a lot of what happens with these main characters that we've come to love over the last six seasons, they don't really do much with Doc, the Venture Brothers, and Brock Sampson. Is Brock's son still around? Yeah, see, yeah, man, you got catching up to do, okay. man. See, yeah, you got wait, a lot wait, of catching wait, up wait, to. Brock Dermot. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know. I remember. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, but no, because <laughs> do you remember Spanakopita? Spanakopita. He's like when he's on the what's his name? Oh, he's Hatred. got like a million sons. Hatred's on his phone, and he's like skyping Brock, and they're on this island where. When Brock is father used, going to come Brock back? Brock used to take. Um, Brock used to take Doc all the time mm-hmm. for this this fake holiday fake thing. Holiday, and there's nothing on the island but like women and whatever. And as he's on the phone, uh, Sergeant Hatred skyping um, Brock, you just see these like women with like little Brocks, and they're like, <laughs> "Is is that?" Brock? Like, <laughs> there's like two of them, and you see this kid with his hair, and he's like, <laughs> and he's so like, oh, good. what's that? He's like, I gotta go, and he hangs up the phone. That's all. You, that's awesome. all you get. That's all you get. But that's funny. Damn, oh, it's so it. good. I love it. So what they've done, what they did in season six, which is great to see what they're gonna do into season seven now, is like I said, the main characters you've grown to love of those four, they shift from them. This season was really about the monarch. Nice. Dr. Girlfriend or Dr. Mrs. the Monarch and Gary, 21, his henchman. Mm. They really focus on them heavily and build and flesh out their uh, relationship and everything. So, like, you get a lot of buddy scenes with the Monarch and Gary constantly throughout the whole of season six because they discover they're okay. The Monarch is in New Jersey now, living in his parents' <laughs> old mansion, and it's a dump. <laughs> And he's having like all these people like redo it and rebuild it for him, but and they find a secret like lair, like a bat cave type thing underneath it, and it was the Blue Morphos lair. So, twenty one in his excitement gets the monarch to agree to be the Blue Morpho eventually, because they've got a their their goal is to knock off all these other villains that have arching rights to Doctor Venture ahead of them. Obviously, Wide Whale is the top dog in all of it, but there's all these other guys. Like the, They go to this one lady's house in New Jersey, and her name is Redusa. She's like Medusa, 
but when she looks at you, she shrinks you. <laughs> so they go after her first, and you're like, you know, sign away your archery rights to Dr. Venture or we'll kill you type thing, mm, you know, and Gary cool. doesn't want to kill anybody, but... <laughs> He's got to be loving hanging out with the monarch, because oh, it was like his dream to be exactly, number one. Exactly, to be number one. Yeah. It's great, yeah. He's like, we have a number system, but it doesn't mean anything. It just means that if you get killed, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the other thing about him, too, Gary. Gary's buffed out now because really? he's like the main the main henchman. He's the so he's like well, what was it? Was it season not six, maybe five or end of four when he loses twenty two when uh, twenty four? Yeah, when he dies, I think that was us. It might have been se- yeah season three four. or season four. That's and then they, that's that's when they're like like he becomes like the, the like henchman. He doesn't even want to be called number one. Exactly. He's like I or he's like I, I am twenty one. <laughs> And he's like, he's just like this buff guy, yep. and he even starts he gets a tattoo across his belly, hench for life. <laughs> but he even starts getting the attention of Doctor Girlfriend. Yeah, yep. I mean, he's, a little bit he of starts becoming there. like a badass. She yep. talks like this. Like, <laughs> hey, baby. They drew a really hot lady when they drew Doctor Girlfriend. Though you can move past the voice. And then the isn't voice. She, isn't her uh, main costume like Jimmy Carter's wife? Like, isn't that a presidential that like pink? Uh, no, uh, Jackie Onassis. Jackie, yeah, 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 yeah JFK. Yeah, yeah JFK's oh, JFK, wife. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Yep. So, um, the monarch now, like I said, they, they really build on them. His level's way down. You know, he he can't arch <laughs> Doctor Venture. Uh, Wide Whale has really done some things to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, and what they do is they they progress through the storyline with the yeah. Blue Morpho is you start to find out more history about Dr. Venture and the Monarch. There's a photograph of the Monarch and Dr. Venture as like little kids, like three years old, at a family picnic. And they're on a blanket playing together. Hmm. And I don't remember if they show, I don't remember how exactly that picture comes about, but like they don't know any of that stuff. I mean, they, they all know that we all know from watching the show that they went to college together and right. things like that. So is the assumption going to be like it's like an arranged marriage where they've been arranged to be villains, you know, arch rivals their whole lives? Is this speculation? Because this hasn't really. Yeah, been nothing's yet, been right? coming. You know what I think it is? Because it was the 60s, man. I think Doc Venture, old Doc Venture mm-hmm. senior was a swinger. Because they do have a scene with the Blue Morpho, the real Blue Morpho, <laughs> who is the monarch's dad. The two of them like bring these women in, and they like they're gonna you know tag up with mm-hmm. them. So I'm like, I wonder if we're gonna find out that somehow the monarch and Doc are half brothers. Mm. <laughs> it wouldn't be surprising. He's Something got weird red like hair, that. right? Yeah. Does he look? I mean, if you really think of the way, and the that's monarch, what they well, lose. He doesn't the look. Mor- they think. They think it's. They, they think it's Doc. They, they think, think the, the Doc is Blue Morpho because, because of the, of the similar look. Yeah, he gets yeah. it cut. Oh, that's does he? The, that's <laughs> the first time you see. You you actually, it's the first time I've realized that they do look alike. Yeah, they have a similar look. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They have that chin. They have that little goatee, and once he cuts it down. Hmm. So yeah, a lot of the a lot of your main characters don't get a lot of um, play. Um, there's a lot of your notable characters um, to go through. Um, they're just almost not worth going through because they don't get a lot of camera time in season six. Um, I say the most notable character you should look into and enjoy is Red Death. They get him in at the very end, the season finale of of season six. Probably the, one of the greatest episodes you'll ever see in the Venture Brothers archive. Mm-hmm. Red Death and what happens in that is amazing. <laughs> so I'm super excited. 
I can't wait. Five more days. That's all I got to wait. Yeah. Wanna, I can't wait. Do you have any predictions you want to throw out? Uh, we're going to watch uh, the trailer that they put out to go along with Season 7. We're going to end it with that. Um, but as a, a fan, even you, Shiz, being that you know the show, predictions of what you think or what you'd like to happen in 6. Maybe just one each. One prediction. of I'm sorry, 7. What you'd like to see. I honestly need a recap. I, uh, you just I, got it. We just did no, it. No, 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 no. I said, go ahead and pause it. Uh, on Friday, the under channel 008 comes out. Go ahead and listen to the whole preview we just recorded, and then you can give us your opinion. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm excited. Period. Go ahead. I, I want to hear. I want to hear a prediction you got. Maybe I can like piggyback on something. My biggest prediction that I think out of all of it from all the storylines, Doctor Girlfriend is going to leave the Monarch. Mm. Because they are doing something with her, because she's on the Council of Thirteen in the Guild now. Okay, the Sovereign's dead. We didn't say anything about that, but David Bowie, the Sovereign, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this little thing with Wide Whale, because he he's got a seat on the Council now. Phantom Limb's on the Council. Like the Council got a lot more colorful. Phantom Limb, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, Henry Killinger like formed it all for these people, and then he took off and was like, "Here's the book." rule yourselves basically but i think there's some dynamic in there where they're gonna split apart dr girlfriend dr mrs the monarch from the monarch so does that lead venture teaming up with the monarch to try to win her back possibly against the guild possibly i've never watched this show before but when you said that the monarch and rusty are possibly going to be related I wasn't surprised. That's something I thought. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I would have never thought it myself. Yeah, I never would have <laughs> Too close to the it. source material. <laughs> too close. That's right. I hold it too dear to my heart. <laughs> All right, guys. So we are going to go out with the trailer. Uh, as I said, the show uh, begins uh, this coming Sunday. So if you're listening to this when it comes out, only two days to cram in six seasons worth of episodes uh, if you'd like to catch up. Uh, this go. call into work. Trailer is only a minute and a half. We'll go ahead and play it and... We Say thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of The Under Channel. Life. Dreaming and waking. Man and machine. Where is Yes, boom! Your robot is in the thrall of the demon! He is the Oh, I, I love the Doctor Strange guy. Orpheus. Or, or you and steal your Ah, oh, mother... I almost expected a little more progression with the way the characters look. I don't know. I guess they're different. The animation is stepped up. I can tell. Oh, yeah. She was in the compound. The girl. The whale girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in the compound. That's kind of interesting. I probably should have practiced. Behind every door is a threat. Not the door. Every sound is a warning. Every shadow is a villain. Facing the wrong way. Oh, God, I love that's, so wow. loud. that's Billy Quizboy's arch. Oh, really? <laughs> it's really? my favorite. My two favorites, Billy Quizboy and St. Cloud. All right, I'm going to watch the show now. It's a great show. Yeah, I've watched the first season, I think. Can I just pick up this season and then Absolutely not. backpedal? No, don't do Absolutely that to yourself. Not. Don't even do I it. I wouldn't do that. I mean, you could, but don't I don't know. Don't do it. It's too good. You want to get into the mythos of all the characters yeah. and really enjoy what you see and how they progress. Mm-hmm. I think but, there's only one way to end it. 
Go, Go Team Venture! Alright, uh, this is uh, the band The White Buffalo. And I love this band a lot. I got exposed to them by Sons of Anarchy. They were on a lot of the episodes. Uh, this song is about... This, well, you know what? This better not be a fucking movie thing for the goddamn show or whatever. No, it's not like a trailer or nothing okay. like that. This is him performing at Guitar Center, his uh, his song. And I'll let him just do oh, the, nice. the talking about the story of the song. It looks like Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, it kind of looks like Jamie Johnson a little bit. Or Jamie Johnson. Yeah. I always say Jimmy. What the fuck it's is the wrong beard. with me? In the long hair. All right, this is a song... Um yeah. Basically, gets shot and comes back from the war, and um, he's pretty disturbed when he comes back, and uh, it's not adjusting really to civilian life, and uh, he still feels like a killing machine and kind of uh, uh, bloodthirsty. Was he, so he a this song follows veteran? I'm not sure if he was a veteran or not. Or like a good buddy or a brother? Might have been. Yeah. The song almost makes me feel like it's got a civil war feel to it, mm. something along those lines. A made up story of a civil war story. Possibly, maybe. Mm. A story about his grandpa. This time is different. What a great voice. It's yeah, not like the time before. I can't see this not being somewhat based well, on the truth just by the way he sings heart. it. It's the way he looks. I won't kill no yeah, more. You know what I mean? Like, he actually he has, like, a. There's some depth in this right now. Watch over me. He was an established artist before Sons of Anarchy. He was like brought yeah. on as a... Uh, well, was he actually on the show? Just, he's not on the show at all, but his songs are. Okay. Got the condenser mics, getting the left and right audio. There you go. Nice, nice. The devil whispers in my ear. I'm gonna try out all your equipment. I want it all. Yeah. I'm gonna take your best myself on The best acoustic you can give me. I love his voice, man. That was good. Step aside. There's a lot of other songs on the show. Big time exposed by the Sun's show. Uh, really What's up? No What's it at this all. is the White Buffalo. The White Buffalo? That's an artist name. Well, obviously, but. Get your goddamn hands up. Don't you look at me. Wow, he has all the bubbly back in 2006. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, I came to get it on. He's mostly a cute Let's rock. He's still, this is a full, uh, full band. Yeah, he's got full band, so yeah. Hmm, that was the inner rage. Because of the, you know, post, post war. Whatever it is, yeah. Mm. Like, he's singing the whole time. It's like, he's like singing like, you know, this time it's different. I swore I wouldn't kill anymore, but whatever the hell is going on in the story. This time is different. 
too late for him. It's not like the time before. Well, I crossed my heart. That I won't kill more. Really rock that whistle. That was cool. And that's hard thing to implement into a song. Yeah, that's I would great. Have to say mm. like a good whistle tone to it. Uh, it says that song is from the album Shadows, Grays, and Evil Ways. Nice. Which you can find on iTunes. And the white buffalo.com. <laughs> That's great stuff. That was a good I, song. I, I like awesome. that song a lot. That band is officially on my radar when I'm out hunting yeah. CDs and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I just I, looked I, them I up on my Spotify. Because sure. you always see oddball band names. Like mm-hmm. when I'm out like digging for CDs, I, I bet you I could find something by them. They do some great covers cool. of some classic songs too that you really dig. You'd be like, holy crap. You're not supposed to be able to cover that song, but you guys did. Damn. <laughs> they should be dropped the and put the great. <laughs> The great white buffalo, Ted Nugent style. Yeah, yeah. literally, like they could rock it with that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Under Channel. You can visit us on the website theunderchannel.com. You can also visit us on the social medias for Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Hope to see you there.